0: This month on Devil Times 5, Tuesday Monday, on happy Days, Tuesday Wednesday, On Happy Days, <laughs> Thursday, Friday, On Happy Days. <laughs> yes, you are listening to episode 56 of the Devil Times Five Horror Podcast, and this time we're looking at fictional worlds where the governments are horrible, democracy and voting rights have been curtailed, and populations have been conditioned to turn a blind eye to tens of thousands of unnecessary deaths. Now who would live in a place like that? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you exactly who. There was me, that is Cliff, and my three dystopian droogs, that is Luke, Bryony, and Emily. Hi.
1: Hey. I'm in a good mood. I like Blake. It's very comforting.
0: And our guest devil this month is the fantastic comedian and writer Joe Wells. Hello, Hello.
2: thanks for having That's me.
0: Well, no problem. I've always felt that one of the things that makes you such a nice guy and all round good bloke and a brilliant talent is that you're a long-term fan of this very podcast.
2: Thank Yes, no, I'm (laughs) properly excited about doing this. I really enjoy listening to it. You have good taste, my friend.
0: Um, As getting you on the show has been such a long time coming, Joe, and more importantly because you're already aware of the format – uh, I'm going to let you kick off this month's highs and
2: lows. So take it away, Joe Wells. This is the thing. I'm, I'm slightly self-conscious because I know that you're like really clever horror. But I... Uh... <laughs> well, that is not true. That's, that's, that, not, no, that's true. not true. <laughs> that is not but true. But I listened to the one about... Is it giallo? I don't know what giallo is. But uh, I, I was yeah. very confused by it's
3: that. It's tits and stabbing. It's great. Yeah. Italian, Italian sex, sex films.
2: films. Well, on <laughs> tits and stabbing, I watched um, Freddy vs. Jason again, which I just love. And I know that it's not technically a good film. But I just, I love it so much. And I hadn't I missed it the first time I saw it, that there's a bit where they're running away from Jason and one of the uh, teenagers goes, dude, that goalie was pissed. And I loved <laughs> that. I thought that was a brilliant line. And um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. So that was my high. Uh, my low, and I didn't give this a fair shot because I hate stuff like this. I think Netflix has commissioned of good comedy, but I hate everything else that Netflix has done. And I watched that. Is it called Fear Street? The, oh, right. oh, the yeah. 80s, no. pastiche thing. And I just got. I just thought this is so cynical. And, bo-, and they've gone. Oh, Stranger Things was successful. So maybe we could do a horror one. And um, it just made me really angry, kind of how cynical it was. It felt like it was pretending to be like a thing that came from like a love of the genre, but mm. actually it felt very cynical to me, and I didn't enjoy it. But I didn't give it a fair watch, really. I watched about half of it while I was on my phone. So, so you only watched the first one? <laughs> yeah, barely. And I just it just wound me up. I just I just it just felt very straight down the line, and, and like it's it was... just
0: not for us. Ryan, was it you who'd only watched the first one last time? Have you caught up with the others since?
2: No,
1: because just, it's just not for me, you it? It's Ooh. like when I went to the, the pop-up and they were like, so enthusiastic that you gave me a poster and yeah. it just went in the bin and I felt really bad.
4: And no fruit pastels. No fruit
1: pastels. <laughs> no fruit
4: pastels. <laughs> no fruit pastels. How many Luke gets fruit pastels? Yeah, I got the fruit pastels yeah. from the weird hand <laughs> out of the toilet. You missed yeah, that. Yeah, the toilet <laughs> hand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's still bitter.
0: <laughs> the, the, the fruit pastel glory hole. <laughs> Are you sure it was a tube of fruit pastels? <laughs> Why well, well, ate them? So I hope it was. Did you suck them all down in <laughs> once?
5: Oh God!
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Emily's <gonna play> Emily, Emily, <laughs> that's Emily's bleak noise.
3: No, that wasn't my bleak noise. I was just thinking I was going to make a comment, which was a referring to an advert from the eighties, which probably most of you don't remember, and b is really disgusting. So um, go on. Say, well, I was just going to say they used to. Wasn't there a fruit pastels advert about? Um, I bet you can't put one of these in your mouth and not chew. <laughs> that was literally the slogan and it was very, very wrong.
0: That's why I don't sprinkle sugar all over my cock before I blow you. <laughs>
3: before... Just mid-act, excuse Wow. Me, okay. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> Sorry, was it was it my turn for highs and lows? I'm I've been I've I've had quite a dystopian day. I've been listening to elderly academics read out numbers that nobody can understand, least of all them. So my my brain is a bit fucked. Um, but yeah, highs and lows this month. Uh, my high was a good horror movie on Netflix because they do exist, but you really have to root for them. Um, is his house?
2: Oh, so good. that, yeah.
3: Really, really good. I'm really glad I finally got around to watching it. Got properly emotionally involved. Acting's good. And um, yeah, it's just a great story. And I'm I'm glad that Netflix put it out there.
0: Did you find it actually scary? Because I did. I, was, I think it's one of the scariest films I've ever seen.
3: Yes. Yeah, it is it's unsettling. The use of sound, especially. And um, even the bit at the end that you think would be ridiculous is actually genuinely horrifying. Because by that yeah. point, you're kind of invested in the characters and you're just like, I hope they're okay because they're good. They're really nice.
2: Nice. i think what it is every other haunted house film you go well just leave i know you're taking a hit on <laughs> the the good mortgage you got or whatever but just leave but that's the only haunted house film i've ever seen where you've gone no you can't leave
3: yeah because that's their rules they have to stay there
2: yeah and where they could go back to would be even worse and, and yeah. i think that's it's the only Haunted House film I've found genuinely scary where I haven't gone but just leave.
0: Yeah, even the jump scares just... Oh, they shit me up every time. Yeah, they're really good. One.
3: Normally I'm not a big fan of jump scares, but they, they were just really, really well done, that film. I'd love to see yeah. what the um, the team that made that does next because it was yeah, proper yeah, yeah. cracking. Uh, and my low light... Um, it's not even in low light. It's more just like, meh. is the recent-ish version of Pet Cemetery. Okay. Um, I think the problem with that is I remember really liking the book and it properly like shitting me up when I was a teenager, but... As with a lot of Stephen King stuff, when you read, read it, you kind of go, yeah, this is about loss. And this is about this is a ridiculous story, but it is about loss and it's about pain. And I understand that. And then you watch the film and you're like, Ooh, the cat's not really dead. He's just got fake blood on him. And um, <laughs> the, the the more recent film doesn't have the sort of kitschy fun elements that you have of the first film. And that was a bit of a mess to begin with. So,
0: Are you um, saying that, that you'd have had a better time with it if they used a real dead cat? Yeah. Um, <laughs> with real blood all over it. If they
3: never brought a real dead cat, and then they brought it back to life, and then it was evil, and then they had to deal with an evil cat after the film. Oh, you should watch reanimated. Then they did. Yeah, that, I was, was about to
1: say if you want. That, yeah, they do. Re-Animated. Yeah, yeah. It's the best dead yeah. cat puppet I've ever. Yeah. seen Yeah.
3: Well, I, I think if if all. What else... Puppet.
1: Really, <laughs> he's not a
3: cat. He's a puppy. I, I really wish I had watched Reanimator instead, but um, yeah, it's all right. I mean, it it looks nice. The cat's nice. Um, I used eight but,
4: different cats.
3: Used eight oh. different cats. Yeah, so it's eight different that's cats bad. that were pissed off by being covered in fake blood. So is that
0: because they kept discovering the each of the previous ones was a sex offender, and they had to CGI a new one on top? <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. <laughs> Who knew there'd be that many sex offender cats? But there we go. They so many. They're all little... With, well, well. Yeah, the whole grab them by the pussy thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's got an evil child who isn't annoying. She's just, She does feel genuinely evil, but it's just kind of a bit of a pointless film, really. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, like, um, My high is Mad God, which I saw at um, Edinburgh ooh. Film Festival. It's done by Phil Tibbet, who does a lot of stop-motion animation. He um, certainly does. He's best known for the meme of being the dinosaur supervisor on Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, it's just a weird film where this assassin has to go into the depths of this well to try and find something that is all strange monsters. And it's very like gory, over the top film. But it's one of the best stop motion animations that I've seen in a very long time. It took them 30 years to make it. Wow. Um, well. Yeah.
0: No, 30 years of production.
4: Yeah. At the end of the credits, it said it was made from 19. 19- I think 1982 until 2020, they were doing it. Wow.
3: Fuck. Well, stop motion does take a long time, so.
4: Yeah, but. (laughs) He was working on a lot of other films at the same time. Um, So he did like the monster in Howard the Duck as well.
0: The most recent Marvel film I've ever seen.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely. Genuinely true. Yeah. And you got a low? Um, My low is Don't Breathe 2. Um, I really love the first Don't Breathe film. Um, I just think it's a fun home invasion film that's sort of disturbing at points but it knows how to be disturbing and shocking and it's suspenseful the whole way through but this time it's just focusing on the blind man and it's trying to make you be on his side which is really confusing because Mm. he's a rapist and a murderer in the first film so it's like Really? We meant to really be sympathized with this character right now? So that's what made me hate it the most.
0: Have they tried to retcon his character to make him nicer so he's just got loads of tubes of milk or something?
4: Oh it's it's now cereal. The, he's now got a little girl in the house that he's looking oh, after. Yeah. I saw the
1: trailer for that, yeah. Don't give the rapist a
4: child. It's just horrible for the sake of being horrible and just leaves a bad taste in your mouth because of what they do with it. Don't Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Branny.
1: I went to the cinema like a person, Ooh. a person even. Like a person, um, a person. Like a person. <laughs> I went a person. It's been that long since I've been a human. No, I went to cinema. Uh, it was brilliant. I went to see Censor, and it was brilliant. Ooh, I'm going to see that tomorrow. I'm really Ooh, excited. It's very good. I won't say too much then. Um, but yeah, the the gist is eighties uh, video nasties. Clearly, made by someone who has a, you know a lot of love and knowledge for that time and those films. Um, really beautifully done, really, really dug things that I don't even notice because I'm stupid, like the lighting was fantastic, um, very atmospheric. By the end of it, I was scratching my head, my chin, um, my other areas. Uh, it was really good, <laughs> really, really good. And just the stuff, stuff just creeps up on you. And it was just, it was great. It's annoying because the comedia, Duke's the comedia, Pitch House Cinema is doing a, a sort of season of women and horror, and they showed the trailer before the, the film, and I was just sat there with my boyfriend, just like, I've seen that, seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that, <laughs> that. we did that for the, uh, for the podcast. Oh, we had Dan Martin on our podcast, actually. Um, oh, he did the effects on that one, I huh?
0: They should sign us up to uh, introduce them all then.
1: I know. Why haven't they? I
0: don't know. You've got contacts at Comedia.
1: <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not since no, the not world neither. ended. No, no. Um, not The Pitch House. But yeah, uh, so if you like films like St. Maud, you'll like Sensor. It was really, really brilliantly done. I really, really liked it.
0: I wasn't that keen. Really? Uh, um, no. uh, yeah, I just thought it went off the rails in a bad way towards the end. I, I, oh, I liked it.
1: I liked that a lot. I liked how batshit it went.
0: But that said, I have a feeling this is one of those films that when I re-watch it, mm. I'm going to get a lot more out of it.
1: Mm. But yeah, I mean, sticking with the sort of women horror theme, uh, my second high is a re-watch and it's Babadook, and I only rewatched this just because right I've started CBT, and he gave me this like piece of advice. Like, we did some reliving stuff. It was super like that's horror, mate. And um, he was just like you can never like beat anything. You're never gonna beat it, but you can go bigger and stronger than it. And I was like, yeah, but that's the plot of Babadook, mate. And he's like, well, I've not seen it. I'm like, well, I think you have, and I think you're basing the entirety of cognitive behaviour therapy on this film, <laughs> or the other way around. But I rewatched, um yeah, Babadook, and it, I've only seen it once before, and it's, it still holds up. And watching a bit of that sort of perspective um, made my week, made me very, very happy. Good month. I'm in a good mood. And even with these bleak films, I love bleak. Bring it on. Mm.
0: All right, so my highs, like I was saying, some films you just get more out of them on the second time around. And one cut of The Dead. I didn't really like it first time but a rewatch once you know how it all pans out and everything just so much fun and everything that I was thinking about the first 35 minutes like it's it's quite technically clever but it's not very good uh, obviously once you know that it's not meant to be very good <laughs> it gets a lot more enjoyable um I also watched the sequel uh, one cut of the dead in hollywood
4: yeah how is that
0: it's really good fun.
4: Okay, and yeah. It's it's
0: obviously done like in a bit of a bit of a rush. <laughs> it's um it's quite scrappy. They've done a it's, Zoom
4: version as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Um, Shit. but yeah, yeah, it's, it's well worth watching if you if you're a fan of the first one. Um, and my other high shadow in the cloud, which is a New Zealand um film about well, it's basically uh,
4: not Max Landis. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, <laughs> not not the, the sex offender.
0: I hear that his script was very much overhauled, um, and he was replaced as <laughs> he director. Cut out
4: all the cats.
0: Yeah, cut out all those sex offending cats.
1: <laughs>
3: all the sex cats.
0: <laughs> it's brilliant. It's got uh, Chloe Grace Moretz as a World War Two. Pilot who has to stow away, sort of, underneath a plane. I mean, the the rest of the crew know they're there. They just want to put her down in this shitty little gun turret thing underneath the plane because they don't like women, basically. <laughs> um, and she spots a monster flying around the plane, uh, oh, ready to that, attack.
1: It's that episode of a... It's like
0: that Twilight Zone yeah, episode.
1: Yeah,
0: The first half, maybe even more than the first half, is entirely set inside this gun turret. So it's a nice single location uh, thriller sort of thing. And then when she finally manages to get out and the monster's in full attack mode, it turns into the most fucking insane, ludicrous action movie. And it's brilliant. Is it
1: very stupid? Because if it's very stupid, then
0: I'll give it a back. It's very
4: stupid. It's so good. So well made. Isn't it a Prime original now or something? It's on Prime, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, brilliant. Okay, I'll watch that later.
0: Okay, they were this month's highs and lows. Now let's crack on with today's theme of dystopian horror. Although, having said that, we found that dystopian settings seem to lend themselves less to horror and more to other genres, uh, though they at least tend to be horror-adjacent. So this is perhaps the first ever Devil Times 5 thriller podcast, and a case in point as our first feature, 2000's Battle Royale, directed by Kinji Fukasaku. And being a Japanese film, there's no English-language trailer, so as ever, I've had to hire a cast of highly paid professional yeah. actors to dub the dialogue on this one.
5: Where the hell are we? Listen up. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Today's lesson
0: is,
3: you kill each other
0: off, until there's only one of you left.
3: Now I'm going to explain the rules.
0: So you're, a survivor, of this fucking
5: game.
1: We're all going to die tomorrow, aren't we?
5: Not
0: everyone wants to play nice out here life is a game. So fight for survival and find out if you're worth it. This is crazy. How can you all kill each other so easily? Blaming juvenile delinquency for the country's problems, the Japanese government has introduced an annual event in which a class of school kids is taken to an island where they have to kill each other until there's only one left um who picked this Luke
4: did you suggest yep, that we do was, this as a feature it
0: was big fan
4: yep very big fan uh I got to see it at um Hackney Picture House near me were doing some screenings this year and they showed this and it's a really great film to see on the big screen just like right from the start how ridiculous it gets that it gets straight into it um and then doesn't really hold back it's a silly idea but it's done in such a perfect way I think my favourite thing about it is the computer hacking on the island, like perfect <laughs> internet connection on the island somehow. Um but it's just it's just such a brilliant film. I know it's the future, but still just fa you've got found all the power in a little little room easily. Well,
1: it's no, it's not the future, it's an alternative nineteen ninety seven.
4: You can blame Tony Blair for a lot,
0: but <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Wi Fi surprised me quite shit in Japan.
0: Yeah, but at least they got it. I don't think we had Wi Fi in ninety seven. We
1: didn't have Battle Royale in ninety seven,
0: no, that's very true. Hang on, it's it's set in the past. You're saying it's set yeah. two years before it came out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a book it's before, period it? piece. Ooh. It's it's basically like Man in the High Castle. It's meant to be an alternative reality where um, Japan didn't back down. There was a war. You know, there was a, there was apparently a war or something the the forties. Um, right, but, but yeah, it was just it went a different way. So it's kind oh, of okay. meant to be alternative. I mean, do you know what? Rewatching the film, it's a bloody awesome film, and I I've been a fan since I was a teenager because it's just gore and ridiculousness but then reading sort of the so it was originally a book and reading the plot of the book it was like it fleshed out a bit more and made it a bit more dystopia i never really associated battle royale with dystopia i kind of associated with like really fucking weird intense insane japanese film that i loved as a child because haha exploding heads um but if you read the the sort of background on it it's it's a bit more fleshed out i think maybe i'm getting old I've got a battle Royale poster that I haven't even framed or put up or anything. I'm getting I'm in my thirties. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: If you framed it, then um that's getting old.
1: Yeah, but the thing is because it's it was used to be stapled into a lot of my old digs. Like I'd move around and just rip the staples out so it's like really ratty corners. That and a Robocop poster, so um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm getting old. All I've got now is a framed X Files poster. What a loser.
2: It's clearly a satire. But I don't quite know what it's satirizing or what satirical point it's making. <laughs> Yeah, something to do with, like, respect for older generations and that kind of going into hyperdrive.
0: Yeah, I don't understand how the whole Battle Royale thing is going to be a deterrent to kind of help prevent juvenile delinquency when all you're doing is teaching 41 kids who are about to be killed anyway a lesson. And it doesn't seem like any of the classes that are sent to this island have ever heard of it before. So it's, it makes no logical sense whatsoever.
3: But there's like a news reporter there at the beginning which would suggest there that there must
0: be some There is, but in this film and in the sequel, the classes have never They're heard very of shocked, it. Yeah.
4: yeah, it's weird because the opening is that it's meant to be televised. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they even talk about that it's gonna the ending, whoever wins will be televised. So it's yeah. odd that they wouldn't have ever heard of this when it's meant to actually be this whole big thing
3: unless it's just a thing that they don't pay attention to because them and the older generation are so kind of alienated from each other if there is sort of satire in here it's to do with actually quite a lot of the films that we, we watched this month it's kind of to do with the fact that when you're in a sort of dystopian society it's kind of the younger people that are kind of treated as
0: expendable i don't love it um i think it's not very good storytelling it's far too many characters only time you ever really find out anything about these kids is when they have a like bit of meaningful dialogue right before they're killed, <laughs> making what they've just said instantly redundant because they're no longer a character in the film. There's those bits where when there's some meaningful dialogue, the screen goes black and the, the same line of dialogue appears in text on the screen.
1: I always thought it was an internal monologue because there's the bits where she's like, can I tell him? You look really cool. I do wish I could
3: read Japanese because I'd really love it if those bits that came up were completely unrelated to what was going on. <laughs> it was like, oh, this next scene's really gory, guys. <laughs> there's guts and everything
0: <laughs> Maybe
1: that's all the bits I was complaining about Maybe those those flag bits were like So actually there's this regime, right? Yeah this
0: cool stuff <laughs> Or it could be just like one of them just comes up and goes Or something like that
4: Crazy yeah. Frog wasn't around at that point though so. You know.
3: But maybe in a dystopia it would have been
4: discovered sooner ah. Crazy Frog yeah. came around in uh, 2004 I think you will find I
0: first encountered crazy frog on a holiday in Berlin because there were adverts for the um crazy frog ringtone from a company called Jambo. Uh, yes. They always went, well, it, crazy it used frog to be mit just Jambo.
2: Picture of a like a race car and that sound over the top and for some reason it was really really funny. And yeah. that was like a kind of internet meme and then it became the the ringtone.
3: Yeah, it was it was a meme of somebody doing an impression of his friend's scooter I think and it was over like, yeah,
2: like, the,
4: of the yeah, race the car used to be him floating in the air.
1: Is this our dystopia? <laughs> just us on
4: on yes, Skype it talking about a Crazy Frog and its origins. If you think deeply about Battle Royale, I think Crazy Frog's actually hidden in quite a lot of scenes and was round before <laughs> two thousand three.
3: Was he actually in charge of the regime that made the Battle Royale happen?
4: Yeah, the Fallout siren is just Crazy Frog now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Crazy Frog having a really really bad day.
5: <laughs>
4: Do you have you got a favourite character? Anyone? Uh frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> okay so your favourite character is the frying pan yeah the, the frying, kid with the pan, frying you know, pan it has a big part in the film
0: I like um, Shigusa the one who stabs that bloke in the cock really frantically
4: and went on to be and kill Bill oh, yeah. who's the one that stabs themselves in the head by mistake he falls on the axe pretty much
1: that's when they fall down the hill isn't it
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. you like him yeah I like that, I like that one big okay. fan of his work yeah
3: <laughs> I like the girl who accidentally <laughs> causes all the other girls to kill each other. Oh, she's that's like, so oh. Right, good. the
0: noodles, the poison yeah. noodles. Yeah, well, well, I that, think yeah. that's possibly the best scene because it's the only time you ever actually spend an extended period of time with any of the characters. and mm-hmm. It's quite a long scene by the standards of the film. So you get like a bit of suspense and a bit of tension.
3: Yeah, just the sense of anything civilised and their idea of like the friendship and the ties they have with each other are so kind of thin that it doesn't mm-hmm. take a lot for them to all literally just kill each other. Which
1: is... Basically what secondary school is, if you've ever been a group of girls in secondary school. Yeah. Have you been a group of girls in secondary school? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any new friends I had to make my own, so I was just I grew them grew them off my back. <laughs> Gross.
0: in the brood. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not a mad big fan of it, but it is good fun just as a very, very big body counted slasher mm. type film.
1: I don't think you have to look too deep into it. I think I looked too deep into it. This month, when prior to that, it would just be like, I'm going to watch that yeah. because I want to watch some killings.
0: I'll tell you what, I think reading the whole fucking source novel is is going too deep. I mean... Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's over 900 pages. What? They, can, and they made a manga as well, didn't they?
0: 900 pages and it's all words. It's not even pictures. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, the original book.
2: No, no pictures. I didn't realise it came from a novel because it's one of those, and this is why I like this kind of thing, is it's one of those things where you could just imagine, like, someone really stoned at two in the morning and be like, I've got an idea for a film. And uh, <laughs> you hear the premise of it and you go, right, I'm in. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. But I, I saw it a few years ago and I've always wanted to see the sequel. Watch, watch the, I hope I'm not jumping ahead to say that I watched the sequel. <laughs> no, let's and move I, on to the sequel. And I, mm. I fucking hated it. <laughs> oh, it's so I boring. I the sequel. Maybe it tried to make sense. The thing I said about there not really being a satirical point and, like, it being confusing but then that's what's good about the first one is it's just like imagine if there were just loads of kids and they're around random weapons and they had to kill each other and find a way and then there's this rule where their heads explode if they don't move out of certain areas and uh, and then it tries to kind of like work backwards and there's this weird is that footage of a real war zone or, or like well at the very start so where it's like two towers collapsing
0: this was made in 2002 so the inference is obvious but it's clearly a controlled demolition in this case, not in the case of 9-11. <laughs> Depends on who you ask.
2: Well, I don't listen to
0: idiots. So.
2: <laughs> but I think that the first one like embraces the fact that it doesn't make sense. And it's just like, here's this batshit idea. Let's go of it it kind of tries to make itself make sense a bit. And that makes you realise and makes you more conscious that this makes no sense at all. Because if this like terrorist group is in this small island and they've got that much control over it, why don't the grown-ups just go in and yeah. take them out? Like, why, why would they... It makes no sense at all.
0: Why do they send 42 kids in to do a uh, proper army's job? Who are obviously
2: job? going to be sympathetic to their cause.
0: Yeah. And pair them up so that if one of them's killed, the other one's neck bomb thing goes off, so they kill two at a time. Reduce the chances of them defeating the terrorists for no fucking reason whatsoever.
2: It makes no sense at all and it and not even like fun or interesting, it's just it's messy and rubbish. And I made the mistake of watching the
0: extended version. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, so long and it's so boring. And after all like two and three quarter hours of it or whatever, the closing caption is game over, no result. (laughs) 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 Fuck off. It's like like a little war film really, but it's... it's, Whereas Battle Royale looks like a well-made, quite ambitious film, the battle scenes in Battle Royale 2... They just made me think of Bruno Mattei's cheap action movie rip-offs that he did in the 80s and 90s. Like, is it Robo War or something? Where he's tried to do a kind of Predator Robocop rip-off and, like, it's done on the cheap in some forest. <laughs> it just looks stupid. And that's what the fighting scenes... I think the fighting scenes in Battle Royale 2 are supposed to look like Saving
4: Private Ryan or something. Well, that, yeah, it's the exact copy. They've got the exact same boats and everything is meant to be the same. I think he was trying to remake a few scenes. Because even the opening that you're saying about, that's meant to be a remake of the ending scene of Fight Club.
2: Like, oh, right, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, okay, where the yeah, yeah.
4: building's collapsing. It's meant to yeah. be the exact same scene from Fight Club. No, it probably sounds mean to say, but I know his dad died partway through making this, but he should have just left it. It's been like, my dad's dead. I probably shouldn't make this film and make it make it worse.
2: Right, I never thought about it as a war movie, and, and that's why it's rubbish, isn't it? Because Saving Private Ryan, those big budget war films have been done, and like this kind of film can't compete with that. But when Battle Royale won, you can't give, like, no one else is making that kind of batshit idea. But it's trying to make Saving Private Ryan on a tiny budget.
0: Yeah, which can be fun, but they shouldn't be two and three quarter hours long. No. All right, from Battles to Survive to Battles to Eat Well in the platform from 2019.
2: Oh, I love this. Apart from the ending made me furious, the inconclusive ending. And I was mm. so angry that I hoped maybe there'd be some kind of like scene or something because the ending really annoyed me. But I just think it's such a brilliant, I mean, like all of these, what, what I love in, in like a dystopian film is where you hear the idea and you go, cool. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, and I love like a really heavy handed satirical point. Um, my, <laughs> <laughs> my thing that I, I watched this with my wife and um, the joke that I did, which she didn't find funny at all. But I kept doing it throughout the film, was to turn to her and go. Do you know what? Like as though I was saying like a really clever point and go, Do you know what I think actually in a way our society isn't that much different than the society in this platform? Um yeah, I I think it's I, i's brilliant. I really love it. It's not a big leap, is it, to go,
0: oh, there are different levels of society, let's make a building <laughs> with different levels
5: That's in it. It is
2: it's brilliant. <laughs> the people at the top get all nice food and the people at the top get nothing. It's brilliant.
0: <laughs> and um, the people above piss and shit on the people below them and then right. they piss and puke on the people below them. And As the guy says, you can't shit upwards. You can't <laughs> shit upwards. That's a very good line, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you can't shit upwards.
2: It's not even an allegory. It's like it's just like idioms that have been made into <laughs> a, <laughs> a film. A few kind of like truisms about politics or about capitalism or whatever that have just been made into a film and I, and I, I absolutely love it.
0: Maybe the director will um, try and make a sequel, die very early into production, and then his son will take over and make make the Platform 2 being about people who can shit upwards.
4: (laughs) Wouldn't it be that they're in space if they were going to shit upwards? So there's gravity in space.
0: Well, I don't know. You might just practice with your sphincter a lot and train it up to fire them
4: out. <laughs> oh. Just a load of laxative.
0: <laughs> but I think sometimes like things do need spelling out quite blatantly because I've seen several reviews of the platform uh, on Letterboxd. You know, not professional <laughs> reviews from, from grown-ups, but um, reviews that have said, like, I don't understand what a panna cotta is. Not, I don't understand what the panna cotta symbolises... They just didn't know what a panna cotta was and they didn't oh, understand.
3: Well, yeah. if they can use the internet to just write to... a review, they can Google, surely. Maybe they thought that it was invented just for the film.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or because it's foreign words. They were like, nah, <laughs> nah, no idea. panna
3: what?
0: <laughs> I don't watch movies to read. <laughs> well, fucking hell, why does Netflix default to the English dub? ah, uh,
3: because oh, it,
4: Their stupid. dubs are so fucking bad.
3: Weirdly, yeah. mine didn't. Mine went straight
0: for the... For the subtitles. Maybe when you ordered it, there was a little intelligence test, and you
3: put <laughs> It's just like, mm, she sounds like a pretentious asshole. Let's give her the <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> the <code> algorithm.
1: <laughs> I really enjoy this film. I, I watched it on the recommendation of Phil Jarrett, and every time I watch it, I think of his, his highs and lows review of this film, where he just goes, Everyone at the top has so much, and everyone at the bottom has nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how it was possibly made by an A-level student who'd just done philosophy. Um, mm. It's mean, just an extra slice. That's an extra layer that I always enjoy whenever I watch this film. But I do really love it. I love oh,
0: Sorry, I was, I was just thinking of Tom Allen presenting the platform an extra slice. <laughs>
1: <But>. <laughs> I'd watch that. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really... <laughs> <laughs> um, I really love this film I don't love it but I mean I'll happily re-watch it
3: It's really good this film I think one thing that I kind of picked up on was it is quite theatrical especially the dialogue with the two guys at the beginning and mm-hmm. I was thinking that this kind of works as being the sort of like look the people at the top have all the stuff and the people at the bottom have got nothing um, it felt like a sort of a kind of a a theatre piece, so that you can do sort of big broad strokes in the theatre and the emphasis is on kind of characters in like a big over-the-top setting. But it was
1: based on a play script, so that kind of oh. makes sense.
0: Was it 900 pages long?
1: The patter and the tempo of the way, like, da 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 obvious. Yes. Like, that's very, like, theatrical and play-like.
2: Yeah. Did the ending not infuriate other people, though? Yeah. The ending is a annoying, i always
4: the most about this. Like, I really like everything else about it but I just wish the ending wasn't so abrupt because it felt like there
2: was going to be something more to it.
1: What would you like to them to go all the way up and go, oh, no, let's stop this immediately because there's a girl. I th- yeah, no, I wanted I them to go yeah. to okay. the top
2: and meet the man that ran it and him to go, hello, my name is this, and this is how it all works. So this is the mechanism the platform works on, and this is a girl, and you can meet the girl. The I wanted them
3: on. to meet the guy that was responsible for it all and stab him in the face with a fork.
1: Okay,
0: well... Mm. And then throw him down the tower. I wanted the girl to be adopted and taken to a posh home in um, West London and um, then cut to Fagin and artful Dodger walking down the road, (laughs) meeting up again and deciding to take their their, uh, criminal business to a different part of town. Nice. While then like, probably jumping in the air and tapping their feet together.
4: I needed a Netflix spin-off of The uh, Kitchen just to see the whole (laughs) microphone. That's the bit with Tom Allen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They've got this sort of
3: well-oiled machine of all these beautiful dishes coming out and Tom Allen's kind of like making bitchy comments at them or going, Sorry, yeah, what are you doing? He's like getting in the way and they're like, no, no, we need to get this onto the tray.
0: And the whole thing begins with a really awkward sketch mm-hmm. that, uh, <laughs> that the themes of today's satirical, allegorical episode.
1: We're just video behind them of people raping and killing each other in the Tower. An extra size. Beautiful. Hey.
0: Yeah. All right, well, uh, if there's not enough brutalist concrete set design in the platform, then get a load of Stanley Kubrick's at Clockwork Orange. Uh, Every so often on the show, we get to cover one of my all time top 10 films. We've done The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, We've done The Evil Dead, We've done American Wealth in London, We've done The Exorcist, We've done Mother, We've done The Wicker Man, We've done The Devils, We've done Carrie, We've done Henry Portraver's Serial Killer, We've even done The Rocky Horror Picture Show, and now we're doing A Clockwork Orange. I've just got to figure out a way that we could do an episode where we watch Oliver. What about (laughs) Alvin and the
4: Chipmunks? I thought you said Alvin and the Chipmunks was your number
3: one. You were doing so well, and then you mentioned
0: Mother, and I was like, what?
4: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I
1: I paused there as well.
0: I think we ordered something. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, anyway, Clockwork Orange. Oh, how fucking good is
3: it?
1: That's good.
3: It's good. I hadn't seen it for years, and it's yes, yeah, it's, it's great. And uh, this is one where you you notice more with each viewing. I can understand why it was controversial because a lot of like, especially the '70s Kubrick stuff, is very kind of detached and sort of um, to borrow a word from my English literature degree, which was completely and utterly pointless, kind of carnivalesque. So everything is mm-hmm. quite um, over the top and. Even if there's horrible things going on, there's kind of like silly gags or there's kind of slapstick or things kind of go a bit operatic. Um, so there's kind of like a bit of that detachment there, which you don't get from reading the book. In the book, you're very much kind of in Alex's head, and you're aware of how grim everything is. Whereas with this, you're kind of distracted by um, the set the music, design the and the, the music and the wigs and um, all the colour and so on. But it's
0: cracking. I mean, you can definitely see how it upset people at the time. Because first four scenes, you got the milk bar, the bit where they assault the tramp, the rape in the casino, the singing in the rain rape. That's still really. That's, that's all really the first nasty. four scenes. It's it just yeah. comes on so strong you to stay with it really i suppose mm.
3: but then when you stay with it you kind of after you've had that kind of initial oh my god this is you know a real kind of assault on the senses i don't know if whether you kind of fall into step with the way that the film kind of goes or um oh i don't know maybe i'm just just desensitized to like oh
1: yeah yeah, that's, that's another rape scene yeah but many years i thought a lucky man was a sequel it's not no um, that's
0: a sequel to um uh, if. 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 To yeah. if yeah
1: yeah, but I mean, I, I had a very drunk dad, so he, he told he was like, oh, it's, a, it's Alex, it's him one day, yeah. And I was like, oh, he, he's done all right. My dad thought Little Shop
3: of Horrors and the Rocky Horror Picture Show were the same film, so...
1: Uh... <laughs> but
3: one was an adaptation of
1: the other.
0: I also have a very drunk dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, a very left-field adaptation.
1: My parents were very um, irresponsible. I think I watched this about... 10 with my dad and it was a lot but again because your mind that age isn't really too used to ultra violence it wasn't too shocking because as you said Emily it throws you into Mm. you know ice lollies that are shaped like penises in a really cool looking record store that's what I I think of (laughs) uh, of this film and the, the harpsichord music and the insanity and just is so fucking bleak, but it's so much fun at the same time.
3: I totally would have watched this when I was ten. Except when I was ten, this film was illegal in the UK. You had to go to Camden yeah. Market and buy it with Danish subtitles in black and white.
1: Wow! <laughs> because
5: it
3: got
0: withdrawn <laughs> from release in the UK. Dystopian things in this film. Things that make this set in a dystopia. There's uh, a bra hanging from the stairwell. No one wants that in their block of flats. Uh, your parents' apartment having <laughs> gold wallpaper. Mm. Uh, Uh, Lodgers who wear big leather belts over their jumpers. (laughs) Um, Hospital psychiatrists having purple hair. I mean, it's... It's dystopian as fuck, man. I like
3: the fact that his mum just wears knee high boots all the time. Just yeah, like I that is great. Just relaxing at breakfast, knee high boots.
1: The parents' flat and the way the parents are dressed is so bizarre, but also just so like grim at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's like it's that dystopian future version of like council flat grim, just rotting away in a flat with gold wallpaper. I wonder what the thinking
0: was behind that. I wonder if they're supposed to be like kind of. The youth of actual 1971, grown Mm. up, being old, and not having changed their style. And that just makes them look horrible and ridiculous. (laughs) But there's so many brilliant bit parters in this film. They make me laugh so much. So many good ones. Like David Prowse as Julian, that kind of bodybuilder type. who lives with the writer Deltoid, the truant officer. Michael Bates is the prison warden, prison officer. Shut your filthy hole, you scum!
3: <laughs> he, he's like the, the sort of authority figure that you don't see in films anymore, like the sort of thing that Monty Python would take
0: off. <laughs> right, so when he's when he's all disabled and going mad because he's, <laughs> realizes he realises he's got Alex in his home. Oh,
3: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Try the wine! <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just so funny all the way through. It's really, really that is funny. a
3: proper mad performance, that guy. It's proper kind no, of like... Patrick McGee like... in it. Yeah, he looks like he's going to lay an egg. It's like there's that scene where like, he's, he's shot from underneath and he's all bulgy eyes and he's got that kind of purple scarf on. And it
0: just looks so great. You just don't see films looking like this anymore. And not just the production design, but the fact that it's just natural. It's it's shot naturally. The colours are all in the design. The camera's a bit shaky. There's no colour grading or anything like that. It's how I prefer
4: films to look on the whole. I feel like a lot of newer dystopian films, when the streets are empty or whatever, you can really tell that's a whole set, like yeah. set up with buses. Bit, but when Alex is just walking the streets and this, and it's completely empty, it just feels very realistic. Yeah, I'm glad they bought the gang over for Space Jam too, though. That's my favourite thing about Clockwork Orange that they got the gang to be in <laughs> the family friendly Space Jam. I heard too.
3: about this. Isn't the Mother Superior from The Devils in it as well? Yeah,
4: so they didn't allow Pepe Le Pew to be in it because of everything, right. because of how he is. Did they replace Pepe Le Pew with the cat from Pet Cemetery?
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but it was it's weird, because they're just in the background, just jumping around, all of them, just the jokes, just jumping around right. while the basketball's happening. Talking of the devils, I, f- I found out that... Um, I found out. I watched the fucking documentary.
0: Um, <laughs> I discovered, through my extensive research, uh, this exclusive fact that um, Ken Russell was originally slated to direct, Clockwork Orange. Really? Ooh. But... The BBFC objected. Yeah. I was like, I'm not him. He's going to put wanking nuns in it again. Get rid of him. (sighs) Well, no, no. This was... This was before, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he ended up making the Devils the same year as Kubrick made Clockwork Orange.
3: Wasn't a Clockwork Orange meant to have been filmed before with, like, there was a rumour that the Rolling Stones were going to be in it? Yeah, I think it was
0: probably back then that Ken Russell was... was Yeah, you're in in the
1: the mood for a bit of ultraviolet
2: guys <laughs> like phil cornwell's in the room i don't
1: know
2: can i be that guy about this film yeah. Yes, i i do not like it at all and I, and I and also and i know and i and i want to preface this but i really love you cliff and i consider you a friend <laughs> but genuinely the note i made about this on my phone was and this is before you said anything this is earlier today um i wrote um if this was in someone's top 10 films I don't think I could be friends with. Them. <laughs> 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 I put this film in the same audience base as Wolf of Wall Street, Pulp Fiction, um, oh. and As those kind of films that like absolute cunts at university would like. Like men would look at that character and would not get that. Well, I don't even know whether you're like, like it's that kind of weird moral ambiguity thing where I think he was like, he'd be on like a fancy dress night at uni he'd be the person who the worst people in my halls of residence would dress up as and oh, I, yeah. that puts me off a lot he also reminds the kind of whole thing about him loving Beethoven and being violent I remember being on a train once and listening in on a conversation that two of the worst men I've ever heard and they're just talking really horribly about women and then at one point he's talking about being I beef and he goes yeah then I'm around with the DJ and I asked for some Frank Sinatra and the DJ was really impressed <laughs> and uh, that is, I think it like sets off a memory of that person who I had. I find the central character so unlikeable, and I suppose it feels very real. And I think that's why I couldn't enjoy that like Wolf of Wall Street because it feels like a very real, like just horrible man. And I don't like, apart from you, I feel like it has like a fan base of people that have gone yeah, Beethoven of Violence is really clever and he also likes raping.
4: I do know someone who dressed up as Alex for
3: Halloween who was a dickhead.
4: <laughs> the same guy who did it for two Halloween parties Oh, um, was the worst. Did he at any point go, I'd wear this all the time if I could? <laughs> <laughs> he probably would say that, yeah.
1: I feel like that's that's a fair comment, but like about what you said, Joe. But I think that's true for a lot of like things that are good and things that get popular. Like it's true for Rick and
4: Morty that I love a lot.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Rick and Morty, BoJack Horseman,
4: even Joker. Like the new oh Joker film, is like the film of incels. Now
2: I opened for Joker the other night. That's my my gig on Sunday night, which was a weird <laughs> gig because it's literally a film about a stand-up comedian as a gig that goes so badly it kills people. Oh wow!
1: <laughs> and you're still here.
2: I'm still here, yeah, it went well. I didn't didn't uh, take Gotham.
1: <laughs> didn't murder anyone. <laughs> There's a lot of stupid people in the world who don't understand that not everyone should be related to, but that doesn't make them less compelling to watch as a, as a film character.
2: I also just, I don't really get it. Like, I don't, I get it. the the point is that the government's violence is worse than his, vi- or the same as his violence. But, like, also it stops him going around beating up tramps. So I think he should have been shown all that violence. I've sought him out. <laughs> is that right wing to think? <laughs> it feels like it's meant to be making this kind of like point that government violence is bad but actually it kind of person so unlikable that i don't care about and such a well-drawn unlikable person i don't care what happens to
0: it i would never really taken that as the point i think the point is there in the title trying to turn a human into a machine is is the bad thing trying to make a organic thing clockwork the real dystopian aspect to it i think is the fact that the reason they are doing this to him and they want to be able to release these convicts, make them safe and release them, is so there's more room in the prisons for political prisoners. Oh. It's almost a throwaway line.
3: And it's a dystopian government using young people as kind of pawns as
0: well, again. Again, yeah. About those films you mentioned, though, Wolf of Wall all that, um, I mean, i, I I do think they're all good films, but I will not follow anyone on Letterboxd who's got Pulp Fiction in their top four because <laughs> that just means they're basic and they've got no imagination.
2: <laughs> there's, there's often things on Twitter where it would be like, these are red flag films, like, and I'm kind of against that. And I hate it when it happens with books as well because one of my favourite books is Crash by JG Ballard, which I think would be on a lot of those kind of lists of red flag films, but I think it's uh, red flag books and films probably, I think it's brilliant. Uh, both are brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I do... Yeah, Pulp Fiction and and Wolf of Wall Street particularly, I think, is one of those films where I go, we can't, we can't be. But you don't like Simpsons, do you, Cliff? And you're the only person (laughs) I know who I like personally who doesn't like like Simpsons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I've never watched The Simpsons, but whenever I've seen clips of it, I thought it looks shit.
2: I, I think guys uh, its peak, is the best. Some of the best writing of the past fifty. So we've
1: come to an agreement. You won't watch *Cockroach Orange*. Cliff won't watch *The Simpsons*. Yes, <laughs> we're all still <laughs> friends.
2: I need to remove the
4: *Pulp Fiction* poster off my wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you really, Luke? Have you really? So I have basic both, bitch. Yeah, I have framed stuff, and I have a framed *Pulp Fiction* thing. I mean to be fair so did I. Oh yeah, I had a pulp fiction poster when I was a, a teenager as well. Like I haven't watched it in probably 15 years. It's a good film,
2: it's just not that good, you know. <laughs> there's yeah. there's lots of those things that has such like like I feel like Oasis are like that as a band where like oh, yeah. I can never listen to Oasis with an open mind because I uh, like it's, it's, they've got that kind of fan base of people that that don't like me. Um, but, but, you know, maybe they are brilliant
3: I try not to judge anyone's taste But if anybody says that they're like a massive, massive fan of Oasis There is a part of me that
0: goes, fuck off And it's not yeah. just because I preferred Pulp back in the day What about Blur? Didn't they dress up as the Drugs in um, mm. the video for The Universal?
3: They did, and oh. that's probably one of the only times I've ever found Damon Albarn attractive Anyway
0: Oh, right, but it doesn't make them twats.
3: Well, no, because they weren't doing it for Halloween They were doing it for art or something <laughs> <Let
4: me see. laughs> there's definitely been a lot of bands that have dressed up as them for Halloween though I remember seeing a hardcore band that dressed up as all of them.
3: And there's a lot of bands that are named after things from that as well So Yeah, Malako, Heaven 17, 17. A couple Another of others one. as well All the others
0: <laughs> All the others
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, staying in the UK probably the most straightforward horror film we've watched this month is the 2016 zombie movie The Girl With All The Gifts
1: It's alright yeah, it's it's not brilliant, it's not um, terrible. Don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind um, it. The book's good. The book is cracking. 900 pages? <laughs> it's a short book. The book feels like it's uh, written to be a movie. Yeah. It's got a very sort of snappy dialogue and stuff, and I like books like that because they're fast and I look clever. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a fun take on zombies, I think. I really like the whole it's <gasps> a plant Don't thing. call them zombies. Don't call them they're zombies. They're not zombies. They're
0: called hungries. Hungry, Hungry, sorry. which is the worst of those don't say the Z words i've ever seen yeah. i reckon if it was made a year later though they'd have been called hangries yeah. so, <laughs> at least that didn't happen
1: it's not amazing but it's not terrible it's just somewhere in the middle it's, it's all right i don't know I've, I've got no strong feelings one way or the other other than i've, I've seen this a few times because it's one of those films you can just go yeah i'll watch this fine does anyone have any strong feelings about this one way or the
4: other <laughs> um, I think it doesn't really put together its story properly. Like it's, It seems like there's so much potential with what the infection actually is, but it doesn't really go into depth plants with eat. it. Plants They're turning into plants, like in Troll. Yeah, but I really love the game The Last of Us. And for me, this almost does like the look of how The Last of Us is. The whole thing of being overgrown buildings with plants all over the top of them. It's like, because they haven't made a film of that, because they're not making that for a few years. So this was my filler for... <laughs> Until that comes out.
0: There's that bit where Glenn Close tries to see if Melanie can... She sort of tests her to see if she can come up... She asks the Schrodinger's cat issue, Mm. doesn't she? Says, yeah, there's a cat in a box. Gas. Is it alive or dead? Um, Melanie's 10 years old, and Glenn Close's character is trying to see if a 10-year-old can come up with Schrodinger's theory, which is either, like, a real reach... Or she secretly thinks that Schrodinger had the mind of a ten-year-old.
5: Yeah, and they're the lies
3: and dead. How many ten-year-olds have you met that sound like that?
0: <laughs> I don't meet many, to be fair. <laughs> no, you don't. I
1: have a whole bloody unit of ten-year-olds, and they're clever kids, man. Like if you ask them that Schrodinger, that's the Melanie answer, I think, is something they would answer because they're they're almost there, but they're not. Going, I like that bit so. Hush, you person who doesn't hang out with ch- Hang out with children, Cliff. Actually, don't. But, you
4: know. Cliff, you've got to
2: get the throat pastels, then you can hang yeah. out with <laughs> children. Yeah, hang out with all the children I want,
0: yeah. Isn't
2: the whole Schrodinger thing is, the whole point of the Schrodinger thing is that a cat can't be alive and dead, and it's disproving the thing to do with quantum things that were... I'm, I'm well out of my depth here. But, um... I think we're getting caught up on Schrodinger. I
1: think we're, getting, we're reading too deep into it. It's me looking into Battle Royale all over again.
4: I think if she had a spoken about Crazy Frog then I think that would have worked a lot <laughs> <No>. better. <laughs> what question would she have asked her about Crazy um, Frog?
3: Why has he got a dick? Yeah, is he... <laughs> yeah. In the adverts he had a dick. Sorry.
4: Does he wear pants when he's in the box or does he when he's out of oh, no. the box? <laughs> music
1: was good on this film. Really enjoyed the music. I the you meant on Crazy Frog? <laughs>
4: Crazy Frog.
1: No, I'm <laughs> trying to get it back on track. I'm trying to put it on track. This rarely happens. <laughs>
2: in what sense was he crazy what what diagnosis would he receive maybe he's just traumatised
3: yeah PTSD I
2: reckon I'd like to see Anxious Frog that would be less successful
0: (laughs) I reckon if you were turning up to have an advert filmed and they've given you your costume and it's a pair of biker goggles and was, did he have a, like a little waistcoat as well?
1: Yeah, he had a little a jacket with a little. And mickey. and
0: you turn up in front of the cameras with your knob flapping about. I think that shows you crazy. <laughs> that's
1: why it
3: was a computer animation and not, a actual, not an actual. Yeah. No, did you think they had an actual frogman that agreed to be in the effort?
4: <laughs> they actually had real facial capture of the actual person. No, that
3: is not <laughs> facial capture. That's what they actually looked like. It was Andy Circus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't look unlike that. If he showed up and you looked like that and you didn't get the part, you'd be really pissed off.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, finally a part for me. How many of those little motion capture spots do you think they had to put on Andy Serkis's knob for that? Oh, at least you You'd three. want at least three, wouldn't you? Yeah. Otherwise you'd, you'd go home feeling very sad.
1: One on the balls, one on each ball. You've got to get the dangle so did no one like this film then yeah
0: I like it, it's
1: good yeah. it's a it's fun film but it's not like amazing which is why we've gone off the rails talking about Andy Circus's motion capture Dixie.
0: <laughs> that's a band
3: Clearly. that is a band <laughs> <laughs> not done the band names thing for a while
0: we haven't. Um, it's another film that reminds me of Bruno Mattei's films again because it looks like oh, quite classy, elevated horror, but really the whole kind of small group of survivors, including like two heavily armed soldiers, that is Zombie Three, it is Hell mm. of the Living Dead, Zombie Creeping Flesh. It's on um, scale
4: with all the gifts.
0: Well, it is also that. <laughs> Probably mainly a GIF of um, of crazy frogs not flapping. <laughs> <laughs> Go with all
1: the GIFs.
5: Oh God!
0: And it's got a hollowed-out baby with a hungry rat inside. So that's yeah,
1: that's, that's good. a good and that's good, isn't it? I like that. Yeah. Uh,
0: next up, what could be more dystopian than a world that's descending into nuclear war? As in 1984's TV movie Threads. I've resisted watching this
3: for years because, as a whole generations was my sort of childhood nightmares about nuclear war and reading the book not watching the movie never watched the movie never want to. of when the wind blows and that Uh proper shitting me up and just going i don't want to watch threads because it's it's like that but it shows everything
0: i also obviously lived through the 80s and my specific memory is was i think in 1986 when it looked like libya was possibly gonna bomb fuck out of europe and that would kick off a nuclear war and i was just wondering like if threads has the same effect on people who didn't live through that I oh, it's it, ruined so. my life.
2: If that's what you're asking, right. <laughs> yeah, really, I don't think anything, any film I've ever seen has ever affected me like this film. I think it made me really reevaluate. It didn't make me go, "We need nuclear disarmament." It made me go, "I've got to just take in what I can, and then when the inevitable happens, jump into the blast." They're so horrible. Mm. I think one of the upsetting, I mean, there's many upsetting things, but like the, this, the way the CND are so impotent to influence anything, you know, they're just these mm-hmm. people shouting in the street, no one cares what they think on the grand scale, they're completely not doing anything. I think it's some h- of them, horrible. you
3: see some of them getting arrested as dissenters yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Oh, the lady, do. You? The lady that's yeah. speaking at the um, march, in the East, they say dissenters will be rounded up, you see her being taken away. But I did find one small moment of levity and that was when the bomb first hits one of the burning people briefly turns into an E.T. action figure
0: yes. <laughs> which was was well, that meant to like, be a person? It, yeah.
1: I thought that was an actual E.T. No,
0: no, no, it is an E.T. it is an E.T. I
3: thought they were just kind of like yeah, well, we have to get the kids involved somehow let's put an E.T. in it, it's 1983
0: and <laughs> It's got the most tragic IMDB credit for Anne Sellers whose <laughs> only credit is woman who urinates on herself <laughs>
2: I don't know whether you found this as well, when she has the baby, which I think is one of the most upsetting scenes, and the, it's what it does to your own head, because she's giving birth and you're going, I hope the baby's dead. Like, I hope yeah. yeah. the alternative of the baby in life is way more horrible. And then you have that thought in your head and you go, oh God, like I'm a horrible <laughs> person for thinking that. It it really gets in your head. I did want to see the CND guy, when everything's kicked off, like turn to the woman that heckled him and go, fucking told you this would happen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's weird, that first 25 minutes of just seeing families, Like there's still that whole bleak look to it. And the pub scene looks like every
0: 1970s and 80s advert for Lager, which (laughs) shows you how bleak adverts for Lager were back then.
3: Same writer as Kez. This yeah Barry yeah. Hines yeah. so that was bleak as fuck as well so and did you know Ken Russell was originally lined up to do <laughs> yes. this? Not
0: really.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he would be like, "It's good, but it needs more tits and glitter." <laughs> the whole protect and survive thing. What do you do as this film illustrates when you're not at home when the bomb drops? Because it was all kind of like, oh, you should find shelter, etc., etc. Or if you're in the middle of the city. Well, that's what the,
0: um, the, the warning sirens are for, aren't they? they yeah, but they,
3: now. they didn't really get a lot of warning, though, did they? No, not much warning.
1: Yeah, the council are a little bit incompetent, uh,
3: weren't they? Yeah, so all the bureaucracy and the not knowing who's in charge of what. And it, it kind of goes from, right, how much food have we got to, like, literally, are we going to be dug out of here to eventually all dying? It's just. I mean, that's
4: yeah. that's really horrible, that part where they're like, um, should I get the first aid kit? and yeah. they're just picking up the guy, and they're like, don't no. get the first aid kit, and then just mm. like, no, just get something to cover him. Mm. And then they just put a bin bag on his head. Yeah, and It's just mm. like, oh,
1: it's just... An image that always sticks to me, because this is a moment of, like, heartedness, is the traffic warden being promoted to a policeman, and he's got, like, half his face bandaged up, but he's still got his... Traffic warden uniform on, and he's got a big old fucking gun, Mm. which must be the best moment in his life. And there's someone going, "I'm not going to be shot by a fucking traffic warden." (laughs) So are you mate, Are you dystopia?
3: And he's clinging to the trappings of authority, even though they mean absolutely nothing.
0: The scariest thing for me is the hopelessness. It's like just the idea that you'd go right now. We live in a house without a roof, and all the shops Mm have been destroyed, and we're running out of food. It's like fucking marvellous, isn't it? Fucking marvellous. I like the um, the bit where everyone's sitting around a fire on Christmas Day looking really miserable. Because mm. I like to think what they're really miserable about is that they're missing the Christmas Day telly. And I looked up what was on in 1984. <laughs> they, they wouldn't have been able to watch the Noel Edmonds' live, live Christmas breakfast show and Christmas Blankety oh, Blank. <laughs> uh, the big film that day was Mary Poppins. That would have cheered them up. And, and Freddie Starr was one of the guests on Wogan. So, hey. you know. Swings and roundabouts.
1: <laughs> Nuclear winter, Freddie stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Apparently, <laughs> people were watching
3: that at home going, just drop the fucking bomb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Talking of TV, though, um, my favourite preschool programme when I was a preschooler uh, was Words and Pictures. So it's great to see a clip from Words and Pictures, but I do not remember the one where they go, Cat Skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's a genuine Is clip that- from I Words and sure. Pictures. It's yeah.
1: fucking... Heroin. of all the episodes they
3: salvaged and the older <laughs> lady
0: knows it off by heart so she's she's, she's mouthing, mouthing along a yeah. cat skeleton it's, it's good that there are these moments of humour in it mm. I mean it's not completely
2: bleak I suppose it depends on your sense of humour it is the most bleak thing I've ever seen in my life I found it genuinely upsetting <laughs> yeah.
4: I think the bleakest thing is saying knows the world exists and... <laughs> <laughs> Truly dystopian.
2: Emily and Luke, so this is your first watch. Did it make you like it genuinely made me reevaluate my life and think about my priorities in life? Did it do that to you? I've watched a lot
4: of disturbing stuff, but I think this is one. Paul more Cop 2, for example. <laughs> yeah, Paul Blackmore Cop 2 is the most disturbing, <laughs> but um, this <laughs> just goes above like, On like what I've seen before and it does make you really think about how horrific it is. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I did get a bit of the um, the reevaluating sense. And the fact that I watched this on my own on a Saturday night and because um, my boyfriend was working and my flatmate was out and I was just like, right, I'm going to watch this on the big telly. And then after a
0: while oh, I was baby, like, oh, no. fuck to reevaluate everything for that same reason I've never watched a Ben Stiller film. <laughs> what we're going to do for the rest of the section is discuss all five films in James DeMonaco's The Purge franchise starting <laughs> with the 20 starting with the 2013 uh, original. Brianna's response Purge. is to
3: slide right down in her chair and I just went Ugh.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, this
2: is not a good franchise. I feel no. we should rush through these. No, I love all of them. I think they're some of my favourite films <laughs> I'm not just being contrarian I really enjoy them all
4: so my note that I wrote down was um, if anyone says their favourite films <laughs> are <the laughs> franchise I can't be friends with them <laughs>
1: I love this. Joe must have been so excited to come on and like. And we've
3: and slagged it off before we've even talked about it. <laughs>
1: we've just slated all your favourite films. You've clashed through cliff over Clockwork Orange.
0: So, why why are your top five films all the purge? <laughs> Specifically, the first one. Oh, the,
2: the, the, the first one is, is shit. And I was so disappointed hey. with the first one. I remember like hearing the premise that like, I was one that year where all crime is legal. And I was like, fucking yes, let's strap in, let's watch this, that sounds brilliant. And then you watch and you go, it's a home invasion film, and not particularly. Mm. Why have you done that?
1: That's my favourite thing about this film, just think of how many disappointed people there were (laughs) when they
4: watched it. It went down really well, didn't it? I think people liked it. The idea went down really well. People seem to love it, even though... I think the weirdest thing that annoys me the most is that you get that montage of all the crime going on in the city, Mm -hmm. and you think, oh, that's going to be the whole film. They're just showing a little montage of what's going to happen, and then it's like, oh no, we have to deal with just a rich family that, like, we meant to care for this man Mm -hmm. that puts security stuff in other people's houses. They have two pinball machines. Like, why are we meant to care for a family that has two (laughs) pinball machines? I wish I had two pinball machines. So, I don't know, I'm giving the kid the fucking security code. Mm. I, you've got the best security on your house and you give your son the code.
0: I just feel like James DeMonaco wrote and directed, well, he wrote all five and he directed the first three. I just feel like he must have probably taken a week off when he came up with the idea. So that was so brilliant. That was so brilliant. And then it was such a nice week off. He thought, I'll take it the next month off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, like, eventually he had to throw together a script and it was this this rubbish. It's, it's like any thought that he could have put into it any satire any decent commentary it's just there's nothing it's shit it's absolute shit like the main villain is listed as polite leader you couldn't even <laughs> think of a fucking name for the gun polite polite leader I, i'm gonna write, <laughs> write, a, write a scary villain who's a polite leader of a gang polite leader that's that's it polite leader i'll, t- I'll take another month off
3: in uh, funny games, there's the more talkative mm. of the two guys. You, you know, we talked about how sometimes you get performances which are like a shit market-purchased action figure version of something better. Yeah. <laughs> this mm. is the the shit action figure version oh, of it. That. is,
4: isn't it? That's
2: really true, yeah.
4: Yeah, he is like that. The whole marketing is his smile. That's the whole thing about it. Like the poster, the masks are meant to also mm. look the exact same. So even when he takes off his mask, he's still doing the exact same smile that the mask is doing. It's like all of these films somehow do the marketing of, oh, look at all the, the masks, masks we've yeah, created, yeah. And, but they're never anything that's really actually
2: that good. good. No. I think my one defense of the first film is, but what, what I like about the first franchise is I've heard it referred to as exploitation, and i like the kind of like heavy handed politics of it. And I like the idea of having like The villain is like, because he's wealthy, he has the right to, to kill a homeless yeah. man, and mm. if you're not letting him do it It's that kind of entitledness yeah. I think is very
0: So unsubtle, isn't it? Like there's a, there's a line that I wrote down The homeless swine exists only for our need to purge it's as, if, as if it's been written for idiots
2: I am an idiot though, so that's what I like about it
0: <laughs> And it just reminded me of Garth Meringhi Saying subtext is for cowards <laughs>
3: It made me wish I was re-watching Society Which does the whole rich yeah. feeding of the poor thing a lot better And with more disgusting gore and yeah. Things.
0: something that happens all the way through this series especially in the ones that demonaco directs is the number of fucking times that someone looks like they're about to be killed only for their attacker to be shot by someone
2: from behind yeah it's exciting i really like that <laughs> <laughs> do you think they're gonna die and then the person's are gonna kill them nice don't you kind of get used to that <laughs> trick after a little while after the
0: fucking 12th time it happens <laughs> Uh, Well, we'll do the rest of the sequels after our second feature, which is the uh, second uh, Purge film. The first sequel, 2014, James Monaco's second effort at writing and directing a Purge movie. It's The Purge Anarchy. You
5: can't go out there. You know how dangerous it is.
4: Traffic is building rapidly downtown. As citizens rush to get home before commencement. If you're not purging, we advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible.
5: This is your emergency broadcast system, announcing the commencement of the annual purge. At the siren, all
0: crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours.
5: As long as we keep moving, we're okay.
0: People like us, we don't survive tonight!
3: Oh my god, they're taking us. (laughs) This is the last purge of the evening. The bidding will start at 200000 Just remember all the good the purge does.
0: A mother and daughter living in the downtown area of whatever city this is set in are among those trying to avoid being killed during America's sixth annual night of state-sanctioned mass murder.
1: I mean, everyone must have been so fucking pumped for this film. Everyone who kind of liked the first one must have been so excited when it came out because it was like, oh, we actually get to see proper purging which i'll give this one credit for it's got proper purging in it um Uh still a bit shit oh it's total shit it kind
3: of expands things out a little bit though so it's it's not just like the one family you kind of see like
0: different points of view in different places
2: yeah
0: joe you chose this as our second feature
2: (laughs) yeah i really love love it it's (laughs) one of my favorite films I just, oh, and I know so. it's not technically good. I like it for the same reasons I like Notorious B.I.G. or like or like D.M.X. or that kind of like hip hop where it's like, yeah, it's really over the top and silly.
0: Oh, did a white guy write all their lines as well?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. I think I, I mean, like like with a lot of rap music I listen to, it. it I don't think that they are political theses, and I don't think that they are not problematic. But um, it's such a cool idea. And oh, I love the scenes where there's like the kind of domestic drama, like with the been having an affair. Oh, yeah. I think it's like a really clever thing. I'm really interested in like the hostile films, like the idea, because I definitely think that they exist, that there's like rich hunting clubs where you can kill people. And I think that, you know, the way in which the rich have kind of got, got their, that's the way they purge. They yeah, that's
0: different. straight out of hostile Part 3, that scene. Mm. That's, yeah. That's but... Possibly the worst scene in the film. I think the best scene is that one with the, uh, the affair being exposed. Uh, that scene does actually work quite well.
4: Oh, that scene really annoys me.
0: I can see why it
4: would. It is, a, it is annoying, but it's a little playlet that has a beginning, middle and end. That scene has um, unlimited bullets. But then later on, where they're doing that big fight with everyone, one of the same characters says, I'm out of bullets. It's like, can the film make up its mind that if there's unlimited bullets or if these people run out of bullets? Yeah, I, I look too much into it. and those, those handguns they were using have about 12 rounds in them, and they fire about 15 in that whole mm. scene at each other. Okay. so
0: and as as you fiance in your search history, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you of none of these films make any sense; they're really stupid, and um 'cause the thing I've always thought is you would do your tax return, wouldn't you? That's the thing I would do. On Purge, is, I, it? is I just cl- claim for loads of stuff that I hadn't actually claimed because they can't do you for it
0: oh right yes that's exactly what I was thinking I was thinking I would do a massive bank fraud yeah well yeah, the, yeah. This,
3: this is I, I thought that as well it was like I didn't get round to watching the most recent Purge movie and I kind of assumed that that would involve people doing all the stuff that's illegal that isn't murder so, oh like, no so
0: it's still all murder
3: breaking into the zoo and stealing an elephant or
0: <laughs> fucking some <and> zebras
3: fucking <laughs> zebras is that what you're about to say no I said stealing an elephant it's not the but same thing. I thought you were
0: about to say fucking some zebras.
3: <laughs> I was it's not. That's
0: the first thing that popped into my mind. I
3: didn't even mention zebras. Never mind fucking no. them. But... No, I
0: just thought you. I just assumed. You assumed it was going to go That's what a, people do who, when they break into a Z. Yeah, well, not saying it's what I'd do. Anyone who <laughs> says that it is what I'd do is wrong. But <laughs> I just assume that's what people do when they break into Zs. they
1: zebras. zebras.
0: Just zebra the zebras. Yeah.
1: The not
0: anything ones. else. I think they're, they're probably good height. So. Yeah, they can kick though, so. Obviously, you need like a kind of milking <laughs> stool, but not a whole oh, stepladder.
4: Oh. <laughs> right, we know, we know cliff search history now. Right, <laughs> yeah.
1: You're on bullets, he's on zoos.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hotzebras.com.
1: Um... <laughs> I'd just be really, really irritating. I'd just be really annoying. I'd just be like, just, I would cut in front of people in queues, do a piss on a car.
2: That's not illegal!
1: Uh, it's, it's frowned upon.
2: Yeah, but then you'd
4: get purged. So they tried to make the Purge UK. They've actually tried yeah. to make it, but it's only thirty five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> um two point nine on IMDB and I cannot find it anywhere. Uh, who is yeah. who is they? Amazing. Who is they? They have made it. Yes, yeah, two guys have made the Purge UK. Okay. It
1: would just be queue jumping and um you know, not say
3: thanks to the bus driver. Sitting in um, first class when you've not got a first class ticket. Or getting on when you haven't got any tickets at all. Um, Well, whatever
0: country it was, even if it was the USA, I don't genuinely believe that people would
2: go out killing for 12 hours.
1: Yeah, it'd be super awkward once it hits the alarm, wouldn't it? Some people would.
2: I tell you you who who I think would be the first to go out. That is fans of the Stanley Kubrick film, Clockwork Orange. Passed <laughs> <laughs> out there. But here's the thing. What if you have to go to work the
4: next day and someone's seen you out purging? Like, they're gonna be like, oh, who would you murder last night? Mm.
0: I was thinking more along the lines of the point is that they do it because apparently then all crime mm. the rest of the year round
2: is massively reduced. And that's the bit I really don't buy. I don't think it would. I would get my MOT done the day before, or even I'd uh, go home early that day. You <laughs> know, quite a few of those things where like someone's car breaks down, something like that. I think maybe it didn't. Don't know the brakes cut in this one, but still, I just
1: wouldn't.
4: Yeah.
2: I'd be walking distance from home if that makes sense.
1: I think I'm too lazy to purge.
4: I'd see how many films I could torrent in the twelve hours. <laughs> well, yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> Do you think James De Monaco would be a purger? Do you think he likes this
0: idea and he'd he'd be a part of it?
4: No, I don't think he'd do it.
0: No, you think he's opposed to the idea. I think think he's into it. That's part of my problem with these films. I think he's not
4: necessarily a bad thing. The third film where you get to that and you see his writing, you don't really know where he's going with it now because you never see anything in in this film of, like, Nazi characters or alt-right characters. You never see that in this. Mm. And then when it gets to the third, fourth and fifth movie... They go full overboard with like Nazi characters, and it's like, how many face tattoos can we put on them to be like, hey guys, just to let you know, this person's definitely a Nazi. Can you tell me the 15 <laughs> tattoos they have on their face?
0: I think he thinks he's really progressive because he's got so many black characters, prominent Not black it. characters in it, and like, mm. but but they just all say motherfucker <laughs>
4: the whole time. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, when we get on to the third film, I think that's his most, yeah. like.
2: Pulg oh, yeah, right well, Dodger. Yeah, and all of your criticisms are one hundred percent fair and true, <laughs> and I can't defend this film other than the fact that it's about one night where all crime is legal, including murder, <laughs> and that—that that is all I need. And if you properly see it playing out, and everyone just shooting each other and running around the streets,
1: I mean, I'll—I'll I'll be honest. I've—I've I've watched a bunch of these repeated times because they are trashy soap opera silly films that you don't have to you can sort of doom scroll whilst watching them so i'll give them that
4: i will be honest when it first came out i gave it four stars <laughs> because i really really enjoyed it and now when i watched it this week i was like what was i thinking back then like why did i enjoy it that much because i found it really really irritating
2: what you enjoyed is that it's one night a year where <laughs> all <laughs> crime, including murder, is legal. That's what you're enjoying. I have a reminder for Danica. Sorry, that was a Google oh. Home reminder for my wife uh, to take her yeah. medication. I thought it was the purge <laughs> alarm going on. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very <polite> purge alarm? <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs>
1: Would you awfully mind killing each other? Excuse me,
0: it's time. Right, so in the um, third film, the purge election year there is a slight amendment to that alarm isn't there because it's um, all of a sudden government officials aren't mm. immune from being mm-hmm. you know they can be killed as well uh, and why is that it is so that they can have a politician as the main character and for no other reason whatsoever i think he's trying to go for a sort of moral ambiguity type
3: thing so it's like oh where do you stand on this all oh, but it's more complicated than you think Um, And that kind of detracts from them being the sort of trashy fun side of things. If there was more just stuff exploding and less kind of like, oh, look, we're doing a big satire. Look, mum, it would be, um, I just find them really, I find them a bit of a chore to to watch because they're neither, they're not sort of fun bad. They're just bad.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean because, like, you know, you think back to films like Death Wish or Dirty Harry, mm. and you know, you might not agree with the politics, but you could take the film as as you find them. Because... Yeah,
3: you could be like Copper done a Shooty Bang Bang kind of thing. <laughs>
0: exactly, Copper Shooty Bang Bang, which was the original <laughs> title of Dirty Harry. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you're asking yourself: Did he shooty shooty bang bang five bullets or did he shooty <laughs> shooty bang bang six bullets?
3: <laughs> that was the original when it was he was played by Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shooty shooty van bang, yeah. (laughs) Very
2: good. (laughs) I I think that this one is where the kind of I like the aesthetics of them because this is the one with the kind of like posh Barbie girl with a nice car, and she's got all the fairy lights in the car. Yeah,
4: the one who's wants her candy bar.
2: Oh, yeah, I love I love the whole like aesthetics Um, of that, and I know it's like trashy and rubbish, but I really liked
4: it. I know Cliff's favourite line, which is, um, "I'm sorry, I wasn't listening." I was thinking about waffles and pussy. Mm. That's all I think about now. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's uh, how James DeMarco writes black characters. There's another black
0: character who says there's a whole bunch of Negroes coming this way and we're sat here like a bucket of motherfucking chicken.
2: Can can I I say, I can't believe that, because I do listen to this podcast, and with the films that Cliff suggests... That he's now telling me that the films I like are problematic. <laughs> well, I think the first one I listened to had a film called The Infernal Rapist.
5: Was that the other film? There? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the one, Rapist, Yeah, the one you yeah. probably listened
4: to as well is where Cliff spoke about how someone puts diarrhoea up a woman's vagina. But this film is the yeah. one that's uh, mm, you know. That's
1: too 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 far.
0: <laughs> I, I draw the line at racism, all right.
2: Is <laughs> yeah. so that like bad? Clever is the wrong word, but I like it's just kind of like absolute like sledgehammer approach to political things. And I like the way that the politician who wants to remove the purge is that well, what's, what's the term of the, the, the something window where like what's acceptable overton. is like, what's it called? to overton window. That's it. Yeah. Like, so she's this kind of namby-pamby liberal because she doesn't want to have a purge night. And I think that's like yeah. a really interesting idea. And yeah, it, it approaches that idea with an absolute sledgehammer and, it, and it's crass and awful and offensive. But I quite like that it does that with kind of big ideas and just goes running in with no regard for, you know, for doing anything clever with it.
0: I think you might have landed on something there that I missed because I watched this thinking it was 2016, it was the year of Clinton versus Trump. And yet this film seems absolutely uncurious about the politics behind the purge. Mm. And it just seems like a massive missed opportunity that I put entirely down to James DeBonico being not much of a talent or a not very clever man.
3: Are you going to A, leave this in and B, at
0: him when you put it on Twitter? (laughs) I, I doubt that he knows how to read.
3: So-
4: <laughs> Someone might show
3: him though. So your names on the internet. What?
4: He just puts the words "purge" into like some artificial intelligence. <laughs> so purge plus racial stereotypes. Or well, maybe he's
3: just like, oh, the Purge Six. Maybe I will put in some zebra fucking. Give the people what they want. I'm, I'm
4: buying a ticket for the premiere. Um, yeah, I don't think this is one we need to speak about much, is it?
1: Um, well, I, I you've you, got you know, a joke. They- no, no, no. Hang on. Cliff has a joke. <laughs> Cliff has a joke about this film that he's really excited to tell everyone about the man in the tunic. Go on,
4: Cliff. Tell your joke.
0: So you know the, the man in the tunic, the catching yeah. turquoise cult guy. Mm.
4: What in the blue uh, in the blow thing? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, it's turquoise, but you know. Yeah, um, tur- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I I so he's basically the same idea as polite leader from the original film. So I guess James De Monaco. Clearly finds pasty posh ginger scary, which was the final lineup of the Spice Girls: <laughs> scary ginger posh and pasty. <laughs> Boom!
1: <laughs> I'm glad you wrote that joke, Cliff.
4: Thank you, thank you. very when much. When are you telling that on stage? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, when, when we when we next do our uh, when we do another gig, <laughs> <we can't, laughs> our door
4: in thousands. Obviously. <laughs> to people that didn't oh, yeah oh. Who, who listens to the podcast shout
1: out to those guys I bet they're listening yeah. now let's do the next terrible purge film
0: uh, the next terrible purge film I like this one actually I think it's quite good the first purge from 2018 yeah this was the best one of the, the ones that I watched well it's the first one
4: not directed by James DeMonaco which I think says a lot so this film got so much backlash from white people because they said that it was a racist film towards white people. Even kind. though look, it's even... directed by a black bloke, the
0: dialogue, not just the dialogue, but the you know the the different types of black characters that are in it, you know, it actually feels a bit more real than what what DeMonico was coming up with. I know he
4: wrote it, but I bet it had a massive overhaul that script. But the reason they were getting upset is because this with the whole saying it's racist towards white people is because the white people portrayed in the film uh white supremacists and Nazis. <laughs> so, really, that's what you're upset? Can you about? be
1: racist against Nazis? Is that a thing?
4: <laughs> so, Joe, um, as this is our
0: favourite, by the sounds of it, is it your least favourite? No, mean? no, I,
2: I would say this is this is arguably the best. Yeah, and I think it, yeah, uh, uh, yeah the same kind of thing. But I think it, it also it has that idea, which I think is actually a really um, kind of beautiful idea. That, like, I think what is problematic about the rest of the films is it rests on the idea that human nature is inherently we want to go out and kill people. And that we're right. all suppressing that kind of it, And I think it has this nice idea that, um, that you know, actually we're good. And there's a there's a kind of powerful minority who want to, um, you know, turn people against each other and turn people violent. And I think that's nice. Idea. I love the post. I remember, do you remember the posters with the red hat? Oh, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The white poster of a red hat that said, make purging great again. And I've never yeah. seen that. I've been like, yes, that is brilliant. That's exactly what I want from an advertising campaign. It's so on the nose but it's sort it's beyond the nose isn't it it's to the back of someone's head but it's uh, <laughs> uh I, I I yeah i love that that advertising campaign yes yeah, great I think and I I see what it it, I, it makes sense that it was directed by someone else cuz it is um a better film, isn't it? Tactically a better
0: film. If nothing else, it's a lot more fast-paced because the others have quite, quite a slow, plodding pace. The glummy contact lenses are cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah good.
3: The Kendrick Lamar song over the end credits is cool. It's oh. pretty, pretty, pretty yeah, good, this movie. Yeah.
0: And then, uh, finally, this year's The Forever Purge. Um, I, I think that this has the scariest premise, this one, because the idea that the purge happens and then just people carry on killing... When I was saying that I don't believe The Purge would eliminate crime, this is what I mean. I think people would just carry on. So I found it the most realistic.
2: It was my least favourite one by quite a long way. I think that the thing as discussed that I like about The Purge films is this one night where all crime is legal, including murder. And there's, that's what I'm watching it for. I'm watching it for The Purge night. And The Purge night is like right. five minutes of this film. And then we've got to just watch this kind of like thing play, and I and I get that it's clever that that like the Americans become refugees in in South America, but it's not clever enough. I didn't think the characters were that well formed. I didn't care about. Oh no, I've forgotten everyone's really, in it already. Yeah.
1: Why is everyone you purge like? Right why did the cowboy men fight? They were like, right, we're going to kill our bosses, but first we've got to do our eye shadow. We've got to do something really (laughs) just striking. Just like, you know, Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner. I want to do her makeup.
2: It's almost like WWE wrestling a lot of these films. You know, it's quite over. And that's what what I enjoy about it is that, you know, that it's got that kind of almost like pantomime to it. But I didn't like the fifth one. I Mm. felt like it lost. That was the one bit I liked was they painted their faces a little bit. And the scary skeleton man—that was good.
0: Well, as a reward for having to sit through that ropey <laughs> old franchise, or indeed <laughs> as an extra bonus for Joe being able to rewatch his favourite films ever, uh, let's play a significantly easier than usual round of scary noises. <laughs> So you know how this works? Oh, Joe, I don't even have to explain the format to you because you know full well how it works.
2: I'm really bad. I always get zero points when I listen to this podcast. So,
0: this is genuinely one of the easiest ones I've ever done. I think. I think it should be a high scoring one. You're on a team with Bryony. Obviously, half of the scary noises are from dystopian films that we've talked about. What sound have you brought along? What's your buzzer sound?
3: I've got a shaker rather than the stylophone because I was getting sick of all the pedo jokes so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now you've got something that looks like a, an anal egg <laughs> I mean to be fair it just looks like an egg I don't know why I said anal <laughs> it's
1: the same thing about you shagging zebras again you're on a weird path today
3: Cliff yeah if I painted this up with zebra stripes <laughs> know,
0: what, what? yeah I <laughs> thought I mean there's nothing sexier than a zebra laying an egg while you're fucking it. <laughs>
3: Wouldn't that be inconvenient anyway? It?
0: Um... It depends which hole you were using. Mm,
1: and if it cracks.
0: That's all right. I'm on, I'm on the milking stool. It's not going to touch my shoes.
1: Let's play scary noises.
0: Here's your first pair.
3: Did you really kill your mama?
0: What?
1: Did you really kill your mama? Yes, Bernie. And the music's from The go of All the Gifts. Yeah, and the dialogue is from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer.
0: Brilliant! Bonus point three, three points. Told you this was going to be easier.
2: <laughs> Number two.
5: Pizza, pizza. What are you eat? Yeah, hi. I'd place an order for delivery.
2: Okay. Your address.
5: Uh, one second. Ah, uh, it is.
4: Seven Seven One Four East Beaumont.
3: Emily, uh, is the music from The Purge Three? Uh,
4: no, it's not dialogue. Why do I feel like the dialogue? And, uh I probably got it wrong. I thought it was Fair Street. It's not, no. Oh. Um,
0: Brian and Joe.
2: It's a purge film, isn't the music? But I don't know which one.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's like the credits of a purge film. I'm gonna say two. It is, cool. yeah. Purge Anarchy and the, and, uh, the dialogue.
2: There's
0: someone getting a delivery.
1: Pizza, pizza.
0: No nothing i mean it's literally the only thing that happens in that film for the fucking first 80 minutes (laughs) um it's the house of the devil
4: ah someone gets their face blown off that's
0: apart from that (laughs) it's it's, it's mostly a film about a woman waiting for some pizza it's incredibly boring okay number three 500 that wouldn't keep a flea alive Shouldn't be bothering
4: to keep emily the
0: dialogue is from threads
4: it is. What did you think the music was from?
3: Uh, I don't know because I was excited to get the dialogue right.
4: <laughs> um, I'll do what Briony does. The music went boom, 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 boom. You should uh, get it went, from that. I hope that helped.
0: Mm. If you know the film, you'd know it from that. Don't know. Paul Bot
3: ba- Paul ba- uh The <laughs> one that pss, Luke always says that sense. isn't it. Paul Bart <laughs> Cop. Paul Blatt, Blatt,
4: Blatt, it's not... Cop like, elec- Paul Bart uh, Cop election, yeah. <laughs> Brian, <enjoy. laughs> the first Paul Bart Walcott.
0: Brian Enjoy music to get here. Five hundred.
2: That wouldn't keep a flea alive. Should we be bothering to keep anybody alive if they can't work? A lot of people are going <laughs> to die anyway. Back to survival of the fittest, I suppose. What is that in terms of food? five hundred calories. <laughs> of bread and some soup it sounds like something kind of folk horror like it's not the wicker man but it's that kind of
1: thing is it am I in the right ballpark, or am I there
0: would be an argument for it being folk horror but it's a bit of a stretch
1: I'm uh, I'm not going to get it it's going to annoy me because I feel like I should know it No, nah, it's blood feast alright so uh, halfway uh, it's Brian and Joe on four
0: Luke and Emily on one here's your fourth pair
1: if I remember correctly
0: you came in here voluntarily and nobody sent me here I asked to come in.
5: Yes,
2: Joe. Uh, the dialogue is the platform. It's from the English dub of the platform, yes. I've got no idea the music, sorry. <laughs> I
1: think that was whistling. I don't know. Okay,
0: Emily and Luke, you get the music.
1: If I remember correctly, you came in here voluntarily and nobody sent me here. I asked to come in.
0: And I don't know, there are deaths in this pit every day.
1: We prefer to call it Vertical
5: Self-Management Centre.
1: How many levels are there?
4: 200 levels. Is it the opening of Hostel 2? Oh, fucking hell, it's Hostel.
1: Oh. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. half point. <sighs>
0: oh, There's no half points in this game. <laughs> Alright, number five.
1: It's a working kid. A kids! Whatever the fuck yes, Brian, uh, That is Purge fucking Purge Joe, which is the one we can do one.
2: Uh, that's the election year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Purge yeah. election year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the music? Yeah, I've got no idea of the music.
0: Alright, Luke and Emily, can you get the music? If I want some kids, I'll take
5: some kids. I'll take whatever the fuck I want.
3: My mom's not gonna like this. It's all about me
5: getting mine, you getting yours, and nobody stopping anybody. Bye-bye, motherfucker. Hey, God, because here comes
4: your candy girl. It's not It Follows, is it? Uh, no, it's uh Irreversible. Oh, fuck, it's the club rectum. And the camera goes upside down.
0: Well, it's the club rectum scene.
4: Yeah, onto the nightclub scene, yeah.
0: Ah, oh, the old club rectum. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fisting Club. Yeah. Or two zebras knocking around. I'm sure. A <laughs>
1: couple of anal
3: eggs. Did <laughs> <Good> Saturday
0: night. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. Brian and Joe, you've won this already. Um, Yay! But here's, here's the sixth one. Hello. Is
1: someone there?
3: Uh, is the music a Clockwork Orange? Yes,
0: it is. Yeah. Cool and the dialogue not got a scooby like.
4: I feel like I've watched it recently but The Exorcist 3
0: it's not Joe and Bryony can you get the dialogue
4: hello oh fuck I know what it is now fuck's sake I
2: can assure you that this is not the. oh
1: yeah I know what this is as well fuck I mean, all I heard was Luke and Emily going, Oh, I got this, I know it. Uh, No,
0: it's an American Werewolf in London.
1: Oh, 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 of course it is, yeah.
0: Still, quite high scoring, 6-2 to Bryony and Joe. Well done. (laughs) Joe Wells, thank you very much for joining us this month. Thank you for having me. No problem. Assuming we don't all get nuked overnight, where can people find you, see you, read you, etc.? Uh,
2: I'm Joe Wells Comic on Twitter and Facebook, and I'm Joe Wells Comedian on Instagram because I had Comic and I locked myself out of it. <laughs> okay, and you've got a book out. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got the second edition of a book I wrote as a teenager, uh, which is out uh, about uh, if there are any people who struggle with obsessive compulsive disorder. They can read my book my OCD and I've uh, got a young adult book out next year. I was about to say, yeah, they can't
0: put it down, but then I thought that was probably quite an <laughs> insensitive joke. <laughs> <For> <laughs> <sake>. Okay. Um <laughs> anyone got anything <laughs> anyone got anything else they want to plug?
1: Um Shagging Zebras don't do you it. You want to
0: put a stop oh, to it?
1: Yeah, that's I'm running a campaign against Shagging Zebras.
0: What website is that petition on?
1: Just com. <laughs> It's an all-purpose kind of website yeah, For angry people yeah. Cool
0: Well I've got something to plug I'm restarting Get Your Rocks Off Karaoke at the Caroline and Brunswick in Brighton on the first Yay. Saturday of every month Yay. So if, if you're listening to this and you uh, like a rock and metal karaoke night come along although if our audience for our Double Times 5 live show last year was anything to go by <laughs> most of this podcast fans are concentrated literally everywhere except Brighton <laughs> Uh also you can hear me on an imminent episode of Music Cinema Podcast Pop Screen talking about the non horror film Ill Manners. Uh anyway, give us a load of stars on your podcast provider's website, write a review, tell your friends, keep spreading the word, all that. We'll be back next month, but Bedways is right ways now, so best we go homeways and get a bit of Spatchka, right, right? Yes. Yes. That is, that is not I, the response. I agree. It's, the response is right, right.
2: I should have nodded on an audio podcast. Should I? I should have gone yes, yes, Clint. yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>